Section seven of the Phenomenology of Mind, Volume two, by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Beatty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Chapter six B, Part one A, The World of Spirit in Self Estrangement, Part one the sphere of spirit at this stage breaks up into two regions the one is its real world its self-estrangement the other is constructed and set up in the ether of pure consciousness and is exalted above the first this second world being constructed in opposition and contrast to that estrangement is just on that account not free from it on the contrary it is only another form of that very estrangement which consists precisely in having a conscious existence in two sorts of worlds and embraces both hence it is not self-consciousness of absolute being in and for itself not religion which is here dealt with it is belief faith in so far as faith is a flight from the actual world and thus is not a self-complete experience an und für sich. such flight from the realm of the present is therefore directly in its very nature a dual state of mind pure consciousness is the sphere into which spirit rises but it is not only the element of faith but of the notion as well consequently both appear on the scene together at the same time and the latter comes before us only in antithesis to the former culture and its sphere of objective reality the spirit of this world is spiritual essence permeated by a self-consciousness which knows itself to be directly present as a self-existent particular and has that essence as its objective actuality over against itself but the existence of this world as also the actuality of self-consciousness depends on the process that self-consciousness divests itself of its personality by so doing creates its world and treats it as something alien and external of which it must now take possession but the renunciation of its self-existence is itself the production of objective actuality and in doing so therefore self-consciousness ipso facto makes itself master of this world to put the matter otherwise self-consciousness is only something definite it only has real existence so far as it alienates itself from itself by doing so it puts itself in the position of something universal and this its universality actualizes it establish it, it objectively makes it valid this equality of the self with all selves is therefore not the equality that was found in the case of right self-consciousness does not here as there get immediate recognition and acknowledgment merely because it is on the contrary its claim to be rests on its having made itself by that mediating process of self-alienation conform to what is universal the spiritless formal universality which characterizes the sphere of right takes up every natural form of character as well as of existence and sanctions and establishes them the universality which holds good here is one that has undergone development and for that reason it is concrete and actual the means then whereby an individual gets objective validity and concrete actuality here is the formative process of culture the alienation on the part of spirit from its natural existence is here the individual's true and original nature his very substance the relinquishment of this natural state is therefore both his purpose and his mode of existence it is at the same time the mediating process 
the transition of the thought-constituted substance to concrete actuality, as well as, conversely, the transition of determinate individuality to its essential constitution. This individuality moulds itself by culture to what it inherently is, and only by so doing is it then something per se and possessed of concrete existence. The extent of its culture is the measure of its reality and its power. Although the self, qua this particular self, knows itself here to be real, yet its concrete realization consists solely in cancelling and transcending the natural self. The original determinateness of its nature is, therefore, reduced to a matter of quantity, to a greater or less energy of will, a non-essential principle of distinction. But purpose and content of the self belong to the universal substance alone, and can only be something universal. The specific particularity of a given nature, which becomes purpose and content, is something powerless and unreal. It is a kind of being which exerts itself foolishly and in vain to attain embodiment. It is the contradiction of giving reality to the bare particular, while reality is, ipso facto, something universal. If, therefore, individuality is falsely held to consist in particularity of nature and character, then the real world contains no individualities and characters. Individuals are all alike for one another. The pretense, vermeint, of individuality in that case is precisely the mere presumptive, gemeint, existence, which has no permanent place in this world where only renunciation of self and, therefore, only universality get actual reality. What is presumed or conjectured to be, das gemeinte, passes, therefore, simply for what it is, for a kind of being. Kind is not quite the same as espèce, the most horrible of all nicknames, for it signifies mediocrity and denotes the highest degree of contempt. A kind, and to be good of its kind, are German expressions, which add an air of honesty to this meaning, as if it were not so badly meant and intended after all or which, indeed, do not yet involve a clear consciousness of what kind and what culture and reality are. That which, in reference to the particular individual, appears as his culture, is the essential moment of spiritual substance as such, that is, the direct transition of its ideal, thought-constituted universality, into actual reality. Or otherwise put, culture is the single soul of this substance, in virtue of which the essentially inherent, an sich, becomes something explicitly acknowledged, and assumes definite objective existence. The process in which an individuality cultivates itself is, therefore, ipso facto, the development of individuality qua universal objective being. That is to say, it is the development of the actual world. This world, although it has come into being by means of individuality, is in the eyes of self-consciousness something that is directly alienated and estranged and for self-consciousness takes on the form of a fixed undisturbed reality but at the same time self-consciousness is sure this is its own substance and proceeds to take it under control this power over its substance it acquires by culture which looked at from this aspect appears as self-consciousness making itself conform to reality and doing so to the extent permitted by the energy of its original character and talents what seems here to be the individual's power and force bringing the substance under it and thereby doing away with that substance is the same thing as the actualization of the substance 
for the power of the individual consists in conforming itself to that substance that is in emptying itself of its own self and thus establishing itself as the objectively existing substance its culture and its own reality are therefore the process of making the substance itself actual and concrete the self is conscious of being actual only as transcended or cancelled the self does not here constitute the unity of consciousness of self and object rather this object is negative as regards the self by means of the self qua inner soul of the process the substance is so moulded and worked up in its various moments that one opposite puts life into the other each opposite by its alienation from the other gives the other stability and similarly gets stability from the other at the same time each moment has its own definite nature in the sense of having an insuperable worth and significance and has a fixed reality as against the other the process of thought fixes this distinction in the most general manner possible by means of the absolute opposition of good and bad which are poles asunder and can in no way become one and the same but the very soul of what is thus fixed consists in its immediate transition to its opposite its existence lies really in transmuting each determinate element into its opposite and it is only this alienation that constitutes the essential nature and the preservation of the whole we must now consider this process by which the moments are thus made actual and give each other life the alienation will be found to alienate itself and the whole thereby will take all its contents back into the ultimate principle it implies seinen begriff at the outset we must deal with the substance pure and simple in its immediate aspect as an organization of its moments they exist there but are inactive their soul is wanting we have here something like what we find in nature nature we find is resolved and spread out into separate and separable elements air water fire earth of these air is the unchanging factor purely universal and transparent water the reality that is forever being dissolved and given up fire its pervading active unity which is ever dissolving opposition into unity as well as breaking up simple unity into opposite constituents earth is the tightly compact knot of these separated factors the subject in which these realities are where their processes take effect that which they start from and to which they return in the same way the inner essential nature the simple life of spirit that pervades self-conscious reality is resolved spread out into similar general areas or masses spiritual masses in this case and appears as a whole organized world in the first area or mass it is the inherently universal spiritual being self-identical in the second it is self-existent being it has become inherently self-discordant sacrificing itself abandoning itself the third which takes the form of self-consciousness is subject and possesses in its very nature the fiery force of dissolution in the first case it is conscious of itself as immanent and implicit as existing per se in the second it finds independence self-existence developed and carried out by means of the sacrifice of what is universal but spirit itself is the self-containedness and self-completeness of the whole which splits up into substance qua constantly enduring and substance engaged in self-sacrifice and which at the same time resumes substance again into its own unity a whole which is at once a flame of fire bursting out and consuming the substance 
as well as the abiding form of the substance consumed we can see that the areas of spiritual reality here referred to correspond to the community and the family in the ethical world without however possessing the native familiarity of spirit which the latter have on the other hand if destiny is alien to this spirit self-consciousness is and knows itself here to be the real power underlying them we have now to consider these separate members of the whole in the first instance as regards the way they are presented qua thoughts qua essential inherent entities falling within pure consciousness and also secondly as regards the way they appear as objective realities in concrete conscious life in the first form the simplicity of content found in pure consciousness the real is the good the self-identical immediate unchanging and primal nature of every consciousness the independent spiritual power inherent in its essence alongside which the activity of the mere self-existent consciousness is only by-play its other is the passive spiritual being the universal so far as it parts with its own claims and lets individuals get in it the consciousness of their particular existence it is a state of nothingness a being that is null and void the bad this absolute break-up of the real into these disjecta membra is itself a permanent condition while the first member is the foundation starting-point and result of individuals which are there purely universal the second member on the other hand is a being partly sacrificing itself for another and on that very account is partly their incessant return to self qua individual and their constant development of a separate being of their own but secondly these bare ideas of good and bad are similarly and immediately alienated from one another they are actual and in actual consciousness appear as moments that are objective in this sense the first state of being is the power of the state the second its resources or wealth the state power is the simple spiritual substance as well as the achievement of all the absolutely accomplished fact wherein individuals find their essential nature expressed and where their particular existence is simply and solely a consciousness of their own universality it is likewise the achievement and simple result from which the sense of its having been their doing has vanished it stands as the absolute basis of all their action where all their action securely subsists this simple pervading substance of their life owing to its thus determining their unalterable self-identity has the nature of objective being and hence only stands in relation to and exists for another it is thus ipso facto inherently the opposite of itself wealth or resources although wealth is something passive is nothingness it is likewise a universal spiritual entity the continuously created result of the labour and action of all just as it is again dissipated into the enjoyment of all in enjoyment each individuality no doubt becomes aware of self-existence aware of itself as particular but this enjoyment is itself the result of universal action just as reciprocally wealth calls forth universal labour and produces enjoyment for all the actual has through and through the spiritual significance of being directly universal each individual doubtless thinks he is acting in his own interests when getting this enjoyment for this is the aspect in which he gets the sense of being something on his own account and for that reason he does not take it to be something spiritual yet looked at even in external fashion it becomes manifest that in his own enjoyment each gives enjoyment to all 
in his own labour each works for all as well as for himself and all for him his self-existence is therefore inherently universal and self-interest is merely a supposition that cannot get the length of making concrete and actual what it means or supposes that is to do something that is not to further the good of all thus then in these two spiritual potencies self-consciousness finds its own substance content and purpose it has there a direct intuitive consciousness of its twofold nature in one it sees what it is inherently in itself in the other what it is explicitly for itself at the same time qua spirit it is the negative unity uniting the subsistence of these potencies with the separation of individuality from the universal or that of reality from the self dominion and wealth are therefore before the individual as objects he is aware of that is as objects from which he knows himself to be detached and between which he thinks he can choose or even decline to choose altogether in the form of this detached bare consciousness he stands over against the essential reality as one which is merely there for him he then has the reality qua essential reality within itself in this bare consciousness the moments of the substance are taken to be not state power and wealth but thoughts the thoughts of good and bad but further self-consciousness is a relation of his pure consciousness to his actual consciousness of what is thought to the objective being it is essentially judgment what is good and what is bad has already been brought out in the case of the two aspects of actual reality by determining what the aspects primarily are the one is state power the other wealth but this first judgment this first distinction of content cannot be looked at as a spiritual judgment for in that first judgment the one side has been characterized as only the inherently existing or positive and the other side as only the explicit self-existent and negative but qua spiritual realities each permeates both moments pervades both aspects and thus their nature is not exhausted in those specific characteristics positive and negative the self-consciousness that has to deal with them is self-complete is in itself and for itself it must therefore relate itself to each in that twofold form in which they appear and by so doing this nature of theirs which consists in being self-estranged determinations will come to light now self-consciousness takes that object to be good and to exist per se in which it finds itself and that to be bad when it finds the opposite of itself there goodness means its identity with objective reality badness their disparity at the same time what is for it good and bad is per se good and bad because it is just that in which these two aspects of being per se and of being for it are the same it is the real indwelling soul of the objective facts and the judgment is the evidence of its power within them a power which makes them into what they are in themselves what they are when spirit is actively related to them their identity or non-identity with spirit that is their real nature and the test of their true meaning and not how they are identical or diverse taken immediately in themselves apart from spirit that is not their inherent being and self-existence in abstracto the active relation of spirit to these moments which are first put forward as objects to it and thereafter pass by its action into what is essential and inherent becomes at the same time their reflection into themselves in virtue of which they obtain actual spiritual existence and their spiritual meaning comes to light 
but as their first immediate characteristic is distinct from the relation of spirit to them the third determinate moment their own proper spirit is also distinguished from the second moment their second inherent nature das zweite ansicht derselben their essentiality which comes to light through the relation of spirit to them must in the first instance turn out different from the immediate inherent nature for indeed this mediating process of spiritual activity puts in motion the immediate characteristic and turns it into something else as a result of this process the self-contained conscious mind doubtless finds now in the power of the state its reality pure and simple and its subsistence but it does not find its individuality as such it finds its inherent and essential being but not what it is for itself rather it finds there its action qua individual action rejected and denied and subdued into obedience the individual thus recoils before this power and turns back into himself it is the reality that suppresses him and is the band for instead of being identical with him that with which he is at one it is something utterly in discordance with individuality in contrast with this wealth and riches are the good they tend to the general enjoyment they are there simply to be disposed of and they ensure for every one the consciousness of his particular self riches means in its very nature universal beneficence if it refuses any benefit in a given case and does not gratify every need this is merely an accident which does not detract from its universal and necessary nature of imparting to every individual his share and being a thousand-handed benefactor these two judgments provide the idea of goodness and badness with the content which is the reverse of what they had for us self-consciousness has up till now however been related to its objects only incompletely that is only according to the criterion of the self-existent but consciousness is also real in its inherent nature and has likewise to take this aspect for its point of view and criterion and by so doing ground off completely the judgment of self-conscious spirit according to this aspect state power expresses its essential nature the power of the state is in part the quiet insistence of law in part government and prescription which appoints and regulates the particular processes of universal action the one is the substance pure and simple the other its action which animates and sustains itself and all individuals the individual thus finds therein his ground and nature expressed organized and exercised as against this the individual by the enjoyment of riches does not get to know his own universal nature he only gets a transitory consciousness and enjoyment of himself qua particular and self-existing and discovers his discordance his want of harmony with his own essential nature the conceptions good and bad thus receive here a content the opposite of which they had before these two ways of judging find each of them an identity and a disagreement in the first case consciousness finds the power of the state out of agreement with it and the enjoyment that came from wealth in accord with it while in the second case the reverse holds good there is a twofold attainment of identity and a twofold form of disagreement there is an opposite relation established towards both the essential realities we must pass judgment on these different ways of judging as such to this end we have to apply the criterion already brought forward the conscious relation where identity or agreement is found is according to this standard the good that where want of agreement obtains the bad 
these two types of relations must henceforth be regarded as modes or forms of conscious existence conscious life through taking up a different kind of relation thereby becomes itself characterized as different comes to be itself good or bad it is not simply distinct in virtue of the fact that it took as its constitutive principle either existence for itself or mere being in itself for both are equally essential moments of its life that dual way of judging above discussed presented those principles as separated and contained therefore merely abstract ways of judging concrete actual conscious life has within it both principles and the distinction between them falls solely within its own nature that is inside the relation of itself to the real this relation takes opposite forms in the one there is an active attitude towards state power and wealth as to something with which it is in accord in the other it is related to these realities as to something with which it is at variance a conscious life which finds itself at one with them has the attribute of nobility in the case of the public authority of the state it beholds what is in accord with itself and sees that it has there its own nature pure and simple and a region for the exercise of its own powers and takes up the position of open willing and obedient service in its interests as well as that of inner reverence towards it in the same way in the sphere of wealth it sees that wealth secures for it the consciousness of self-existence of realizing the other essential aspect of its nature hence it looks upon wealth likewise as something essential in relation to itself acknowledges him from whence the enjoyment comes as a benefactor and considers itself under a debt of obligation the conscious life involved in the other relation again that of disagreement has the attribute of baseness it remains at variant with both those essential elements it looks upon the authoritative power of the state as a chain as something suppressing its separate existence for its own sake and hence hates the ruler obeys only with secret malice and stands ever ready to burst out in rebellion it sees too in wealth by which it attains to the enjoyment of its own independent existence merely something discordant or out of harmony with its permanent nature since through wealth it only gets a sense of its particular isolated existence and a consciousness of passing enjoyment this type of mind loves wealth but despises it and with the disappearance of enjoyment of what is inherently evanescent regards its relation to the man of wealth as having ceased too these relations now express in the first instance a judgment the determinate characterization of what both those facts state power and wealth are as objects for consciousness not as yet what they are in their complete objective nature an und für sich the reflection which is presented in this judgment is partly at first for us who are philosophizing an affirmation of the one characteristic along with the other and hence is a simultaneous cancelling of both it is not yet the reflection of them for consciousness itself partly again they are at first immediate essential entities they have not become this nor is there in them consciousness of self that for which they are is not yet their animating principle they are predicates which are not yet themselves subject on account of the separation the entirety of the spiritual process of judgment also breaks asunder into two existent modes of consciousness each of which has a one-sided character now just as at the outset the indifference of the two aspects in the process of self-estrangement 
one of which was the inherent essential being of pure consciousness that is the determinate ideas of good and bad the other their actual existence in the form of state power and wealth passed to the stage of being related the one to the other passed to the level of judgment in the same way this external relation must be raised to the level of their inner unity must become a relation of thought to actual reality in this way the spirit animating both the forms of judgment will make its appearance this takes place when judgment passes into inference becomes the mediating process in which the middle term necessitating and connecting both sides of the judgment is brought forward the noble type of consciousness then finds itself in judgment related to state power in the sense that this power is indeed not a self as yet but at first is universal substance in which however this form of mind feels its own essential nature to exist is conscious of its own purpose and absolute content by taking up a positive relation to this substance it assumes a negative attitude towards its own special purposes its particular content and individual existence and lets them disappear this type of mind is the heroism of service the virtue which sacrifices individual being to the universal and thereby brings this into existence the type of personality which renounces possession and enjoyment acts for the sake of the prevailing power and becomes a concrete reality in this way through this process the universal becomes united and bound up with existence in general just as the individual consciousness makes itself by this renunciation essentially universal that from which this consciousness alienates itself by submitting to serve is its consciousness immersed in mere existence but the being alienated from itself is the inherent nature by thus shaping its life in accord with what is universal it acquires a reverence for itself and gets reverence from others the power of the state however which to start with was merely universal in thought the inherent nature becomes through this very process universal in fact becomes actual power it is actually so only in getting that actual obedience which it obtains through self-consciousness judging it to be the essential reality and through the self being freely surrendered to it the result of this action binding the essential reality and self indissolubly together is to produce a twofold actuality a self that is truly actualized and a state power whose authority is accepted as true owing to this alienation implied in the idea of sacrifice state power however is not yet a self-consciousness that knows itself as state power it is merely the law of the state its inherent principle that is accepted the state power has as yet no particular will for as yet the self-consciousness rendering service has not alienated its pure selfhood and made it an animating influence in the exercise of state power the serving attitude merely gives the state its bare being sacrifices merely its existence to the state not its essential nature this type of self-consciousness passes thus for something that is in conformity with the essential nature and is acknowledged and accepted because of its inherent reality the others find their essential nature operative in it but not their independent existence find their thinking their pure consciousness fulfilled but not their specific individuality it has a value therefore in their thoughts and is honoured accordingly such a type is the haughty vassal he is active in the interests of the state power so far as the latter is not a personal will a monarch but merely an essential will 
his self-importance lies only in the honour thus acquired only in the general opinion thinking of his concern for the essential will not in an individuality gratefully thinking of his services for he has not helped this individuality the monarch to get independence the language he would use were he to occupy a direct relation to the personal will of the state power which thus far has not arisen would take the form of counsel imparted in the interests of what is the best for all state power has therefore still at this stage no will to meet the advice and does not decide between the different opinions as to what is universally the best it is not yet governmental control and on that account is in truth not yet real state power individual self-existence the possession of an individual will that is not yet qua will surrendered is the inner separatist spiritual principle of the various classes and stations a spirit which keeps for its own behoof what suits itself best in spite of its words about the universal best and this claptrap about what is universally the best tends to be made a substitute for action bringing it about the sacrifice of existence which takes place in the case of service is indeed complete when it goes so far as death but the constant danger of a death which the individual survives leaves a specific kind of existence and hence a particular self-reference still untouched and this makes the counsel imparted in the interests of the universally best ambiguous and open to suspicion it really means in point of fact pertaining the claim to a private opinion of his own and the separate individual will as against the power of the state its relation to the latter is therefore still one of discordance and it possesses the characteristic found in the case of the base type of consciousness it is ever at the point of breaking out into rebellion this contradiction which has to be got rid of in this form of discordance and opposition between the independence of the individual conscious life and the universality belonging to state authority contains at the same time another aspect that renunciation of existence when it is complete as it is in death is one that does not revert to the conscious life that makes the sacrifice it simply is this conscious life does not survive the renunciation and exist by itself as an objective fact an und für sich. it merely passes away in the unreconciled opposition that alone is true sacrifice of individuality therefore in which it gives itself up as completely as in the case of death but all the while preserves itself in the renunciation it comes thereby to be actually what it is implicitly the identical unity of self with its opposed self in this way by the inner withdrawn and separatist spiritual principle the self as such coming forward and abrogating itself the state power becomes ipso facto raised into a proper self of its own without this alienation of self the deeds of honour the actions of the noble type of consciousness and the counsels which its insight reveals would continue to maintain the ambiguous character which as we saw kept that secret reserve of private intention and self-will in spite of its overt pretensions End of section seven.